0: Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe, then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. We begin this morning with singer Maurice Gibb, who died during the night in Miami.
1: Maurice Gibb was one third of global megaband The Bee Gees. In a career spanning four decades, the Bee Gees sold over 220 million records. They were best known for their disco classics, high-pitched singing voices, and bouffant hairstyles. We always call ourselves triplets. Just something went wrong with Barry, you know. <laughs> While his brothers sang lead vocals, Morris was the hidden talent that held the band
2: together. Barry was the brains behind the band. Morris was the musical director.
3: He just had a sense of how the sound should fit together. Ah. But on Wednesday, January 8th, 2003,
1: Morris Gibb collapsed in agony at his Miami home. He died four
0: days later at the age of just 53. Morris Gibbs' death came out of nowhere. According to those around him, he was a fit and healthy guy.
2: It was a normal day. He was normal. He didn't look sick.
0: Why Morris went from healthy to collapsed to death in four days is a mystery. I intend to determine exactly what happened to him in those final days that led to his death.
1: Dr. Michael Hunter is a world-renowned forensic pathologist. He's performed over 4,000 autopsies to investigate and reveal the cause of death. Today, he's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest
4: cities.
0: This is the autopsy report for Morris Gibb of the Bee Gees. And from the information within this concise report, I can build a picture of the final days, hours, and minutes of his life. I hope to determine why one-third of the world's most famous pop trio died suddenly and unexpectedly in the hospital.
1: December 22nd, 2002. Three weeks before his death, Morris celebrates his 53rd birthday with his two children, Samantha and Adam, and his wife, Yvonne, at one of their homes in Miami.
4: Right before he died, Morris seemed to be in the semi-retired pop star lifestyle. He spent all his time with his family.
1: In the months prior to his death, the Bee Gees had been taking a break from touring. But Morris is busy with his music, working on new
4: material. He was jamming and composing with Michael Jackson. He had composed a couple of string pieces. He was working on a couple of film soundtracks. He seemed to be living a really happy, contented life.
0: The autopsy report tells me that Morris was 5 foot 8 inches and 149 pounds. That's a body mass index of 22.6, a very healthy weight. Morris's trim physique is partly
1: due to his passion for paintball, a hobby he'd taken up in later life.
4: Morris fell into paintball and he called it the most rock and roll thing he ever found. He opened a paintball store in North Miami called Commander Moe's Paintball Shop. He sponsored a paintball team. Morris loved him some paintball.
1: To all appearances, he seems to be in good shape for
5: his age. Morris just seemed to be the pinnacle of health. He was one of the ones that would see out and about, you know, uh, very energetic, very active person.
1: Dr. Hunter is examining Gibbs' autopsy report to investigate the cause of death.
0: The first thing I notice is a fresh 12-inch surgical wound running up his torso. From its position on the abdomen, I can see that it was a result of major surgery on Morris's digestive system. And from its freshness, it seems to be a very recent procedure. Dr. Hunter has found another clue in the report, which also points to recent surgery. I noticed that Gibbs' vocal cords are swollen, and this is due to intubation, placing tubes in his throat to help him breathe. Intubation is used in medical emergencies, when someone's unconscious and has difficulty breathing. It's clear from the report that Morris had undergone emergency surgery on his digestive system prior to his death. I want to know what role surgery played in the events which led up to Morris Gibbs' death.
1: In the aftermath of Morris's death, the world was asking the same question. Dr. Hunter believes the answer to this mystery lies
0: buried in Gibb's autopsy report. My investigation has to focus on why Morris Gibb had this medical emergency and why, in spite of his surgical intervention, he died.
1: Born in 1949 and brought up in a deprived part of northern England, twins Morris and Robin Gibb started performing from a young age with their older brother, Barry.
4: The Bee Gees grew up in in absolute gutter poverty. They had nothing. And the boys began to sing on street corners. Morris never really had a childhood. And this affected all the Bee Gees, but it seemed to have affected Morris particularly.
1: In 1958, when Morris was just nine years old, the Gibb family emigrated to Australia... Along with Barry and Robin, there was older sister Leslie and baby brother Andy, who later also had success as a singer. To earn pocket money, the brothers formed a band
3: entertaining crowds at car races. They would sing on the back of a truck, and people would throw money at them. It's kind of like upmarket busking, I suppose. Before long, they were discovered, their close knit
1: harmonies and confidence apparent even on early TV appearances. Robin?
4: Morris.
1: And Morris. Now, you all seem together, eh? They called themselves the Bee Gees,
3: short for Brothers Gib, and
1: soon started
3: racking up hits. They actually were something of quality other than just a novelty act, these three little kids. Barry and Robin alternating
1: on lead vocals, and Morris providing instrumentals. From the late 60s, their career took off worldwide. In 1977, the Bee Gees' music provided the perfect soundtrack for John Travolta's disco dancing in the film Saturday Night Fever. This was the best-selling soundtrack album in the world for the next 15 years and propelled the
3: Bee Gees to superstardom. They could never have dreamed that uh, night fever and staying alive and how deep is your love would be such huge number ones. Wednesday, January 8th, 2003,
1: 2 p.m. Stadium Diner, Miami Beach, Florida. Four days before his death, Morris arrives for lunch with his family.
2: It was like... A dream. I mean, Maurice right here in our little diner and enjoying his food and being nice with all of us and introducing himself and being very friendly with everybody he was a very warm person. This
1: is one of Maurice's favorite haunts, a place he feels he can escape the limelight and just melt into the background.
2: He would always have a veggie omelette. He would like it sautéed in the pan. He'd like it cooked on the grill and he'd have hash browns. And he would always pretty much eat the same thing.
1: Dr. Hunter has found something in the report, which reveals
0: why Gibb was cautious about his diet. I notice in the autopsy report that Morris is allergic to strawberries. That's an unusual and potentially lethal allergy. But I see he has no evidence that he's eaten strawberries, and I'd imagine he was very careful to avoid them.
1: Not long into the meal... Morris starts complaining about pains in his stomach.
0: But he's discreet and ignores the discomfort. Gibbs' stomach pain is the first sign that there's something going wrong with his digestive system, and there are a lot of possible causes that we need to consider. The most obvious reason is food poisoning, but this rarely results in major abdominal surgery. It usually causes nausea and vomiting and there was no report of Morris being sick, so I think we can rule that out.
2: It was a normal day. It was normal. He didn't look sick.
1: Whatever is troubling Morris Gibb seems to
0: pass, and he and his family finish their meal. Knowing that Gibb will soon undergo emergency surgery, the pain he was suffering in the diner is a warning sign. Underneath the surface, there's something going catastrophically wrong. But at this stage, Morris was feeling only mild discomfort. He had no clue what lay ahead. Wednesday,
1: January 8th, 2003, 5.30 p.m. The Gibbs are home from the diner. Morris suddenly collapses in excruciating abdominal pain.
0: His son Adam calls
4: 911.
0: Two conditions that can cause this instantly spring to mind, appendicitis and peptic ulcer. A peptic ulcer can be a very nasty condition, causing severe stomach pain and internal bleeding. And Dr.
1: Hunter believes he's found a probable cause in Morris Gibb's lifestyle.
0: Smoking can be a key factor in developing stomach ulcers. Reportedly, Morris Gibb
1: was a heavy smoker. A habit he started as a young man.
5: When we were traveling to London, uh, you couldn't smoke on the plane And uh, Matt Bonelli, the bass player at the time, and Morris raced off of the plane to, uh, to grab their smoke.
1: Gibbs' lifetime of smoking appears to have had a significant effect
0: on the health of his heart. I can see from the autopsy that Morris also had atherosclerosis. This is a potentially serious heart condition where his arteries are clogged by plaque and his smoking is a major risk factor for this. As a heavy
1: smoker, Morris was also at high risk of developing a stomach ulcer.
0: But do Morris's sudden pains match the symptoms? Stomach ulcers tend to come on very gradually and are unlikely to cause sudden abdominal pain. Appendicitis is the much more likely cause. An appendicitis is a painful inflammation of the appendix a pouch connected to the large intestine. The inflammation can build over several hours. If it's not removed quickly, the appendix can burst with life-threatening complications. Could a burst appendix have been what was causing Morris such agonizing pain?
1: Soon after Morris' son calls 911, the emergency services arrive, and he's rushed to Mount Sinai Medical Center, Miami Beach. But within four days, Morris Gibb will be dead.
6: Ladies, what an amazing time we live in. As I was driving in today, the technology, it is crazy. As I was driving in today, I heard that we might be getting to a point where pizzas are delivered to us via robots, which would be amazing. We're having conversations with our watches. Drones can bring us ice cream. Truly, we live in an amazing time. But one thing has been the same for years, coloring our hair. The options are either go to a salon and spend lots of time and money or grab a box kit at the drugstore, which also always dries out and damages my hair, and it's never actually the color that I really want it to be, and so then you have to just start all over or go to a salon to get it fixed, and it turns into such a process. But now there's a new way, Madison Reed. It took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world, and Amy Arrett did just that with Madison Reed. The company she named after her daughter. And if you're thinking, okay, but how do I match my color? Don't worry, Madison Reed gives you the tools you need so you can color with confidence. Get ammonia free multi-tonal hair color delivered to your door for less than $25, which is truly an amazing deal and they make it very easy, very simple. You don't have to worry about anything visit madison com. that's madison com to see all of the different colors they have check out some different options and find what works best for you and now autopsy listeners can get 10% off plus free shipping on your very first color kit be sure that you use code autopsy that's code a-u-t-o-p-s-y and you'll get 10% off plus free shipping on your very first color kit at madison com. sunday january 12th
1: 2003 Morris Gibb of the Bee Gees died in the Mount Sinai Medical Center, Miami
0: Beach. Pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating his death. I can see that Morris has a large, fresh surgical wound running up his torso. My question is, why did he need this emergency procedure and why didn't it save his life?
1: Four days earlier, Gibb is admitted to the hospital following an alarming collapse from excruciating pain. Doctors are trying to
0: work out the underlying cause. I've investigated and dismissed the most obvious causes, such as food poisoning, allergies, and peptic ulcer. And appendicitis is another possibility, but there's nothing in the autopsy report that suggests this was an issue.
1: But Dr. Hunter has found new clues in Gibbs' toxicology report. It
0: suggests he was using illicit drugs. The toxicology report notes that there were cannabinoids in Gibbs' urine. And this tells me that he had recently used marijuana.
1: Back in their heyday, Morris and his BG brothers lived the
5: rock and roll lifestyle to the full. The 70s were a crazy time. If I'd been in the the band back then, um, at this point I might be... Dead or in jail.
1: But when the BGs were topping the charts in the 70s,
2: drugs were very much part of the scene. All bands have squeaky clean images, and then you go behind the hotel room door and you find out there's a whole back and out going on. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll.
1: Reportedly, the BGs were no exception. But could smoking pot
0: have contributed to Morris's death? I've never come across a case in which I've considered cannabis being the direct cause of someone's death. There are traces of cannabis in his urine, and I think that suggests that he's an occasional user. But often, cannabis can be considered a gateway drug.
1: Is it possible Morris used
3: more dangerous drugs during the band's heyday? Cocaine was introduced to wide popular use in the early 70s. And people overdid it. You didn't know what was a safe dose, what could lead to psychosis, what could lead to death. Cocaine played a
1: significant role in the life and death of the Bee Gees' younger brother, Andy. With his trademark Gibb falsetto, Andy had a successful solo career with hits such as Shadow Dancing. He was born nine years after Morris, but never joined the Bee Gees. Yet as a solo artist... He racked up six top ten singles in the U.S. But Andy also battled a drug addiction and died in 1988.
4: Andy Gibb could not handle what came along with being a famous Gibb brother. You know, he had a terrible cocaine addiction and he got clean, but he died of a heart attack.
1: Andy's official cause of death was an infection of the heart. Years of cocaine abuse weakened his immune system, making his heart more susceptible to disease. Could Morris have shared his brother's coke habit, and could it have contributed
7: to his death? Of course, one's decision to take drugs is an individual choice. There's a school of thought that suggests that, you know, you're genetically predisposed to, to the way that you you, you you deal around around drugs, so how addicted you become, the effects they have on you.
1: Morris was open about the fact he briefly tried cocaine in the past.
2: He did cocaine for about six months in the late 70s. And to his credit, he said, I can't, I can't do this anymore.
0: The autopsy report doesn't show any trace of cocaine or its breakdown product. And these can stay in your system for many days. So it's pretty clear to me that he wasn't using cocaine around the time of his death.
1: Early evening, Wednesday, January 8th. 2003 Mount Sinai Hospital, Miami four days before his death unsure about the cause of Morris's chronic abdominal pain the doctors keep him in overnight for observation he's given morphine as pain relief and exploratory surgery is planned for the following morning having ruled out illegal narcotics
0: Dr. Hunter is now considering a different type of addiction. There is another drug that can be fatally toxic if taken to excess. It can affect many different organ systems, including that of the stomach and the liver. And it's a drug that Morris was known to have enjoyed, alcohol. Morris was fresh to fame when he
1: had his first taste of alcohol. It was none other than his hero John Lennon ...who reportedly offered 17-year-old Gibb his first serious drink.
4: John Lennon offered him a scotch and soda. And Morris said, if John Lennon had offered me cyanide, I would have drunk it. He said that five months before he was reading fan magazines... ...and now he was in a, a club with John Lennon and Keith Moon.
1: Now famous enough to hang out with his idols... ...this brief encounter with Lennon in 1967 kick-started Morris's lifelong
2: love affair with the bottle. Morris was the raver. He was the nightclub guy. He was the guy who was living the Saturday night fever existence.
4: They were just kids who suddenly had all this money. And so it made Morris a little insane, as I think it would do to any 18-year-old who suddenly had $20 million in his pocket. In 1969,
1: Morris married pop singer Lulu... But the couple separated after four years of marriage. Alcohol was the reason the marriage broke
4: down. They fought all the time, they were apart for long periods, and Lulu ended the marriage because she just couldn't get Morris to stop drinking.
1: Morris's battle with the bottle escalated throughout the late 60s
2: and 70s as the band went from hit to hit. Must have been huge pressures on the Bee Gees, huge pressure to deliver the next hit single. It's a a constant barrage. This is a great song, but where's the next one coming from?
1: And all the while, there were growing tensions between the brothers.
4: Barry was the alpha in this group, and Robin resisted him strenuously, and all the tension in the band sprang from that. Morris had the tragedy of having forced upon him the role of the enabling middle brother.
2: I mean, who wants to hang out with their brothers all day anyway but to be in a band, touring around the world, recording 24-7? Just,
1: uh, just Arguments over the direction the band was taking flared up easily, often resulting in one of the trio walking out. One particularly bad fight resulted in Robin leaving the band for a year.
4: I think the dynamic in the band stressed Morris and Robin tremendously. And I think Morris turned to alcohol as a way of suppressing whatever tensions and anger it rose in.
1: Soon, Morris's addiction to alcohol was starting to become obvious to those around him.
7: People often talk about, you know, what makes one an alcoholic or, you know, when does drinking become a problem? I think one of the, the indicators of that is that when it stops being confined to something social, something in, in, the, in the home, and, and it begins getting out of control, going into places, into, into environments where it shouldn't be, like the workplace.
4: He talks of storing 20 bottles in various places in Criterion Studios. He stopped playing in the studios. He stopped contributing to the song arrangements. He just sang harmony. And tellingly, on the tour of all the disco era, Morris never played bass on stage.
0: Long-term drinking causes fatal liver problems. If Morris continued to drink heavily throughout his life, then he may have ended up developing a chronic liver problem such as cirrhosis, leading to abdominal pain and possibly even collapse.
1: With the help of his second wife, Yvonne, who he married in 1975, Morris managed for a time to control his drinking. But in 1988, 15 years before he died, the death of his younger brother, Andy, sent him spiraling out of control.
4: Morris upped his drinking to really toxic levels after Andy died, and he entered a state of more or less walking unconsciousness for several years from the amount of alcohol he was drinking.
7: The experience of a bereavement and and the feelings of grief and loss are arguably one of the the most profound and and difficult moments any of us will go through. Now, if you have a history of, of being depressed or perhaps even of, of using ways to avoid pain, then it's, it's not surprising that a lot of people find that following uh, grief, that they'll kind of revert back to those old ways, they'll go back into the darkness, revert back into those ways of coping.
1: Had Morris continued drinking after his younger brother Andy died?
0: And could this have contributed to his own death? It's Dr. Michael Hunter Did you know you can stream the Autopsy television series, including this episode, on Maurice Gibb? Well, you can. Just download the Reels app and subscribe to see the TV show behind the podcast. And if you've got Prime, it's on Amazon channels, too. Once you're streaming, you'll find more real-life and death programs from Reels, like Copycat Killers, about murderers inspired by movies. You'll also get access to Murder Made Me Famous the real crime series that profiles people like Jody Arias and Andrew Peterson who are household names because of the murders they committed it all comes from the real life mystery fans at reels channel find reels on your tv at reels.com that's r e e l z.com
3: Musicians, friends and fans have been lining up to pay tribute to the BG, Morris Gibb, who died in hospital today. He was just 53. Sunday, January 12, 2003.
1: Morris Gibb died following surgery. Forensic pathologist Dr Michael Hunter is investigating how and why his death occurred. Morris had a chronic drink problem, which escalated in 1988 with the death of his younger brother Andy. Dr. Hunter is exploring whether any damage caused by long term alcohol abuse played a role in Morris's collapse and eventual death in 2003. October 1991, Miami Beach, Gibbs. Had been on a brandy binge. Morning, ladies, how are you, doing? are you? What's going on? I'm having breakfast. What's the thing I'm doing?
7: What are you doing with that in your hand?
1: Gibbs drinking brought the situation to a head.
7: Sam, oh. get your bag.
1: Was- Morris's oh. wife decided she was sick of his drinking.
7: I've had enough. I'm leaving. Well, oh you've think done, so. All you've done. I don't think so. Do help me along the way. In his
1: inebriated state, Morris lost control. <laughs> and pulled a loaded gun on his family. I don't put the gun I don't gun. want to put it down. Leave her out Just leave, just leave him up alone. <laughs> Fearful for their lives, Yvonne fled with the children.
4: Hi. It's
1: me. The following day, Morris was overcome with guilt and begged
4: his family to come home. His wife told him she was not coming back until he did something about his alcoholism, and Morris went into rehab the next day. And I think that speaks to his devotion to his family and his understanding that he had a problem.
1: You're all right, sure. To ensure that Morris never threatened his family again, he asked his daughter Samantha to throw away his gun. Just throw it away. Just get rid of it.
3: Hello, everybody. I'm Morris, and uh, I'm an alcoholic. Hello, Morris. Thank
1: you. Morris became dedicated to his sobriety. He revealed in an interview that he gave the following year he was now attending AA meetings.
2: And there's no graduation in
1: this.
3: You don't graduate at all. There's no um, world big medal at the end of the day sort of thing. It's an ongoing process. I mean, somebody once said to me, why do you keep going to meetings?
1: And I thought, well, if everybody else thought that, there wouldn't have been anybody there for me when I went. Was the crippling pain causing Morris to collapse before his death in 2003 brought about by a relapse? Dr. Hunter is searching for telltale
0: signs of alcoholism in Morris' autopsy report. If Morris had fallen off the wagon and was drinking heavily in the weeks and months prior to his death, the evidence of that would be in the liver. The liver filters toxins from blood. With prolonged alcohol misuse, it loses some of its ability to break down fats, which can build up over time. A fatty liver is a sign that someone has a current drinking problem. I can see from Gibbs' autopsy that his liver is of normal weight and there's no evidence of fatty liver disease. At the time that he died, he was sober. But I'm interested to see whether his early excessive drinking led to more severe liver damage, possibly the root of his abdominal pain. Even though Morris gave up
1: drinking in later life, his excessive alcohol consumption as a younger man could have caused irreversible scarring to his liver. A condition called cirrhosis. Cirrhosis affects the liver's ability to function, is irreversible, and can lead to death. But surprisingly,
0: when Morris died, his liver appears normal. Despite his years of alcohol use, Gibbs's autopsy shows his liver had absolutely no signs of cirrhosis or any other serious problem. It's described as smooth and uniform throughout. It would seem that true to his word, Morris had given
1: up alcohol and remarkably done his body no real damage. Wednesday, January 8th, 2003. Evening, Mount Sinai Hospital, Miami. On the VIP ward, Morris's doctors start to consider the root of his pain might be something more obscure. Yeah. He's kept in overnight while they manage his pain and plan exploratory surgery. But around 4 a.m. on Thursday, January 9th, Morris Gibb goes into cardiac arrest.
7: Come on. Okay,
1: stand back. The resuscitation team rushed to Morris's aid. Okay. Shock. Stand back. Shock. Powerful shocks from a defibrillator managed to restart his heart. But Gibbs' life still hangs in the balance. He's rushed straight into the operating room.
0: His condition markedly worsened and required immediate medical intervention. I'd first be looking for something like a catastrophic hemorrhage or an issue with his intestine. Gibb now
1: undergoes exploratory surgery. His doctors decide to look at his intestine for
0: some kind of blockage. Intestinal blockages can be caused by many different factors, often a complication of Crohn's or bowel cancer. But in all cases... This condition is potentially life threatening.
1: In the operating room, the surgeons discover Morris does have an intestinal blockage, but it's an extremely unusual type. He's found to have a mal rotated small intestine. This is a condition which Morris would have had since
3: birth.
0: As the baby develops in the womb, the small intestine develops outside of the body at the base of the umbilical cord. The small intestine then performs a complex rotation to position itself correctly back into the body. If something goes wrong during this process, then the small intestine will move into an abnormal location, and this is known as malrotation. Undiagnosed, malrotated intestine can twist, and that can cause intense pain. Mau rotation is normally corrected in infancy. The chances that an adult finds that they still have this is one in a million. Undiagnosed malrotation rotation can be incredibly dangerous. The intestine can twist at any time, choking off blood flow to the bowel.
4: Most people have no idea that they have it until it puts their health in grave jeopardy. Morris's pain at the
1: diner and eventual collapse at home occurred when, without warning, his intestine started to twist.
6: Come on.
1: His gut was effectively strangling itself, cutting off the blood supply
0: to part of his intestine and starving it of oxygen. The twisting can happen extremely fast over a course of an hour or so. When it does, there's a short window in which to operate before the intestine starts to die. The affected part of the intestine must be removed quickly or it will result in
1: death. Morris's doctors need to act fast.
6: Now, you can own iconic luxury items at unreal value with The Real Real, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. Shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion and streetwear, as well as fine jewelry, watches, art, and home. New arrivals come in daily, and every item undergoes The Real Real's meticulous authentication process. In fact, The Real Real employs over 100 brand specialists, gemologists, horologists, and art curators from around the globe who inspect thousands. thousands. Thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is authenticated. Shop luxury the sustainable way go online, download the app, or visit one of their stores in Soho or West Hollywood or their newest location at 870 Madison Avenue in New York. Consigners, try out the Real Real's white glove service for free in-home pickup today. I recently visited the West Hollywood store of the Real Real to look for a new watch because I sort of miss wearing a watch. You know, everyone has their phones now. You can just check the time on there, but having a watch is something that I think is kind of fun. And I really, if I was going to invest in one, I wanted to get something super nice, but at a reasonable price. So I went and and browse some of the options they have from Cartier. There was a really lovely gold one that wasn't too flashy, which is my style, but it's really high quality, which I love. And I also love that it's sustainable. So I'm really excited to hopefully pick that up soon. Shop in-store, online, or download the app and get 20% off select items with promo code REAL. That's therealreal.com promo code REAL for 20% off select items.
1: Thursday, January 9th, 2003, 4 a.m. Mount Sinai Hospital, Miami. Having suffered a cardiac arrest, Morris Gibb is now in surgery for a life-threatening intestinal blockage caused by a condition he'd unknowingly lived with since birth. Medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is trying to find out whether this congenital condition
0: caused Gibb's death. When the intestine dies, it can't recover. And if it's not removed quickly, that will lead to fatal consequences. Surgeons act fast, removing the affected parts of Gibbs'
1: small intestine. With this underlying problem resolved, Morris's abdomen is sewn up and he's sent to the recovery room. It is
0: perfectly feasible to live without part of your intestine. The healthy ends can be sewn back together, and you can live a perfectly normal life. Friday, January 10th, 2003.
1: Older brother Barry Gibb joins the family. Morris is in a coma, but he's showing signs of recovery. There are even reports that he wiggles his toes and squeezes his daughter's hand. A hospital spokesperson announces that Morris is in a critical but stable condition. Over in the U.K., his twin brother Robin is confident things are looking up.
3: It's stable, it's critical, but stable. we got our fingers crossed. That's
5: the latest update.
1: Morris's progress over the next 72 hours is closely monitored. And his family still believe he's showing signs of improvement. Saturday, January 11th, 2003, late afternoon. Two days after the emergency surgery... Robin Gibb arrives from the UK. Hopeful that Morris will soon come out of his coma, Robin joins Barry and Morris's family in a bedside vigil. All they can do is wait and hope he'll recover. But by early evening, there are concerns that Morris's vital signs are weakening. Around 11 p.m., the doctors tell the family that Morris is showing little brain activity and is only being kept alive artificially. They now make the heartbreaking decision to switch off the life support machine. At 10 minutes past midnight on Sunday, January 12th, Morris Gibb dies.
3: Musicians, friends and fans have been lining up to pay tribute to the BG, Morris Gibb, who died in hospital today. He was just 53.
2: A customer told me before I even heard it on the radio that, that did you hear that Maurice passed? was so shocked. I really thought Morris would be the one of the BGs who would last the longest.
3: And suddenly one of our favorite musical acts was over, like that. For, for the family, of course. An inconceivable tragedy. But forensic pathologist Dr. Hunter believes there's still more
0: to investigate about Gibbs' death. There's still a mystery why Morris actually died. His surgery was successful and he was recovering. But three days later, he was dead. The day
1: after Morris' death, brothers Robin and Barry make angry accusations in news interviews, blaming the hospital.
3: The fact that they had to operate on Morris during the shock of cardiac arrest it's questionable. is very questionable, and, and we will pursue every factor.
4: Barry and Robin raised a huge stink in the media and said that he had died because of medical incompetence, and they intended to sue the hospital and the doctors.
1: When Morris went into cardiac arrest three days before his death, he was shocked back to life by the hospital resuscitation team. But questions arise of a possible delay. Robin claimed there was no defibrillator unit on the VIP ward that Morris was on. He alleged it took 10 minutes for one to be brought to him, at which point Morris would have suffered irreversible brain damage. Dr. Hunter is re-examining Gibbs' autopsy
0: report to find evidence of a possible delay. During a cardiac arrest, the heart stops pumping blood around the body. As a result, the brain is deprived of oxygen, causing the death of brain cells. If defibrillation does not happen quickly, with every second that passes, it's gonna worsen brain damage. And as this continues, the chances of survival drop. I see here, the autopsy shows evidence of anoxia. That is a lack of oxygen to the organs particularly the brain. Could this anoxia confirm
1: there was a delay in resuscitation? Now Dr. Hunter is pulling together all the separate strands of his investigation and believes he has found the real
0: reason for Morris Gibbs' death. I think Gibbs' entire body shut down, and I now know why. after
1: collapsing with acute abdominal pains, Morris Gibb of the BGs had life-saving emergency surgery for a twisted intestine. Initial prognosis was good, but on Sunday, January 12, 2003, Morris died. Forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter
0: is investigating how this occurred. Morris's abdominal pain was due to a congenital abnormality malrotation of the small intestine. This led to twisting of the intestine and strangulation of blood flow to the intestine. Early surgery should have solved the problem. But what went so wrong in Morris's case? Deep in the autopsy report, Dr. Hunter has found a vital clue. There's a line in the autopsy report that states the distal jejunum and the entire ilium are surgically absent. And these are huge segments of Morris's gut. This wasn't just one small loop of bowel, this was four fifths of his entire small intestine.
1: The twist in Gibbs' intestines was high up, close to his stomach. The result was that a large section of his gut, almost 16 feet of it,
0: was starved of oxygen and died. When Morris's gut died, his intestinal wall may have become thinner and possibly even ruptured. Bacteria in his gut, essential in digesting food, leaked out and into his abdominal cavity. Once in the bloodstream, bacteria is extremely toxic. As it spreads through the body, it creates havoc. This is a process called septic shock. And as Morris' body is fighting back, his blood pressure has dropped dramatically and his heart starves for blood flow. Gibbs' heart was possibly weakened by atherosclerosis from his smoking and would have been struggling to pump blood. This led to his sudden cardiac arrest. I also see that Morris has emphysema, and this is from his many years of smoking, hampering his ability to oxygenate his blood. At the
1: time of his cardiac arrest, Morris's body was already shutting down. Dr. Hunter believes the anoxia noted in his brain tissue was not down to delayed resuscitation,
0: but to the septic shock. With reduced oxygenation in the blood, his heart goes into cardiac arrest, and this decreased oxygen flow to the brain, he lapses into a coma. After his cardiac arrest, the doctors got Morris into the surgery as soon as they realized his body was going into septic shock. But by then, it was too late. He had an incredibly rare condition that they were unable to diagnose until its final stages.
1: Just a few days after claiming Morris' death was due to hospital negligence, Barry and Robin
4: dropped the allegations. There was no medical malpractice, and they did everything they could. And what happened to Morris was perfectly typical of his conditions. And Barry and Robin retracted their anger, their threats of lawsuits, very, very quickly after that.
1: For his whole life, Morris Gibb had been a ticking time bomb. Sadly, his diagnosis came too late.
0: But even if Morris had survived surgery, his life would have been very difficult. With so little of his gut left, he would have problems digesting food and absorbing nutrients. This would have led to malnutrition, liver disease, and likely a premature death. But the discovery of Morris's condition was later to
1: help his twin brother Robin. In 2010, Robin Gibb was admitted to a hospital in the UK with similar abdominal pains.
0: He was also found to be suffering from a malrotated intestine, which was starting to twist. Being a twin with malrotation does not necessarily mean that the other twin will have this abnormality, but it is thought to be somewhat genetic, so Robin could have an increased risk for this condition. Because of
1: Morris's earlier diagnosis, Robin's doctors knew what to look for, and he was treated just in the nick of time. Following surgery, Robin Gibb made a full recovery. But he later died from an unrelated colon cancer in 2012. Now Barry is the only surviving Gibb brother.
5: I can't believe that I'm the eldest and I'm still here, so it's all a bit shocking but there you go.
1: On January fifteenth, two 2003, 200 family members and friends turned out to remember Morris Gibb at a private funeral ceremony held in Miami Beach.
5: Well, it was a sad affair, but at the same time, there were a lot of funny stories, enlightening stories.
3: I think of Morris as being a good human being. Emphasis on the human. A liked person who happened to have a supreme musical gift and two brothers with whom he could express
4: that musical gift. Morris was the glue of the Bee Gees, and few people remember him as such.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.